Philippians and uh, chapter number 2. <clears throat> Just give you a little bit of encouragement in this light as well. We are having uh, baptisms the next two Sundays. So that's, uh, that's a joy. Looking forward to that. Uh, and uh, so sure looking forward to uh, this Sunday. Uh, Brittany and Paisley Story are going to be getting baptized. Many would know David's story, uh, Adrian's uh, son. Uh, he uh, grew up here. Well, his wife, last Sunday, we had them over at the house uh, for a meal, and, and Brittany uh, talked to her about salvation. I was pretty sure she had never trusted in Christ, and she uh, just broke down and started crying right there in our house and said, this morning during the invitation, I, I prayed and I got saved. Uh, just this last Sunday, and so had opportunity to visit with her uh, last night about baptism, and her and Paisley, who got saved a year ago, they're both going to get baptized, and so that's exciting. That's going on this Sunday, and then the next Sunday we got the Francis's. Uh, her husband uh, is needing to get scripturally baptized. Uh, Phil is, and the kiddos need to get baptized, and we talked with all them, and so that's going to happen on that Labor Day on the third. Unless something changes, I think that's still the plan. And uh, boy, it's, gonna, it's good. I'm excited about what the Lord's doing in people's life. And uh, it's fun to see what the gospel does. Uh, it really is. And uh, actually, Brittany visiting in the home uh, last night, uh, talking with her and, and David and stuff, she goes, um, I knew something was missing in my life and just couldn't have peace. And she goes, these last two days have been incredible. It's a piece I can't even really explain. And uh, I said, yeah, it's, it's incredible what the Lord does, uh, the peace that Jesus Christ brings. And uh, anyways, it's just a blessing. So I wanted to share that with you. Uh, Philippians chapter 2. Found your place there. Let's stand together uh, in honor of the reading of God's Word, if you're able to. Philippians in chapter number 2 and verse number uh, 19 is where we're going to pick up reading. Now we've entered into a little bit of a new section here. We're dealing with examples Human examples of godliness. Human examples. Uh, we, we want to know Christ, but sometimes the best way to know Christ is by following in a human example of somebody who's already following Him. And so here we have this in Philippians chapter number 2 and verse number 19. He says this, But I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timotheus shortly unto you, that I also may be of good comfort when I know your state. For I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for your state. For all seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ. But ye know the proof of him, that as a son with the Father he hath served with me in the gospel. Him, therefore, I hope to send presently, so soon as I shall see how it will go with me. But I trust in the Lord that I also myself shall come shortly. So here we have this, an example to follow. And I've titled the sermon here tonight, Lessons to Learn from a Young Preacher. Because that's exactly what Timothy was. Lessons to Learn from a Young Preacher. So may God bless the reader's word. You can be seated. And uh, thank you for standing in honor of the scriptures here this evening. Now, all truth is God's truth, regardless of where it comes from. So, uh, sometimes out of the mouth of babes, right, uh, truth comes out, they say something, and you go, wow, that's a really accurate statement. Uh, when Maddie does it, we are all totally blown away uh, that our four-year-old, who is a little ball of sin, 
uh, could come up with something that is truth and profound, right? Um, but it does happen every once in a while. Uh, actually, probably some of the more humbling moments of my life, um, you know, you go out door knocking and you visit with people and you're going out to share the gospel. And uh, some of the most humbling moments, at least in my life, is approaching somebody that is, how do I say this, um, the best way to describe it is like homeless Maybe they, they, they actually are living in a, in a home, but it's not really a home. It's kind of a shanty, and it's very disheveled, and they're very dirty, and it's very nasty. And Come on now. We've been in situations like that before you go up and knock on the door. And it's a very humbling moment for me when the person that comes says something, and I go, I've never thought about it that way before. And then, lo and behold, you start to study and look into it, and they are right. It's a humbling moment. You go, I'm a... Bible college educated preacher. I'm going to be getting learned by somebody like that, you know. So it's a very humbling thing of profound biblical truth, sometimes from unexpected sources like that. Um, what about you? Maybe you've experienced this before. The guy at work that's lazy and never does the job right. It's always the guy, everyone's like, oh, man, he's always messing up. He's always doing the wrong thing. He's always, this is awful. We should just fire this guy and get rid of him. And then he comes up with a brilliant idea of how to do the complicated job and make it way easier and cut the time in half, right? Boy, that's a, that's a frustrating thing when that happens. <laughs> say, how could this guy come up with that, right? This guy who's lazy and never does anything right. Uh, maybe a biblical example of a, a wrong perception. Uh, you remember when Jesus went back to his hometown of Nazareth and he was there and he couldn't do any miracles and, and they wouldn't listen to his preaching. And actually they took up stones and they were going to kill him in his hometown because of him claiming to be the Messiah. And remember the, the infamous words of Christ when he said, a prophet is not without honor save in his own country uh, of here were all these people who knew Jesus as a child and a teenager, and they say, we won't listen to what you're saying because we know who you are. We watched you grow up. I, I felt that a little bit every time I go back to Cottondale to preach. There's all these folks who have known me since I was uh, a wee little lad. They see me get up there and, and preach, you know, and, and, and they go, oh, little Davey's doing a good job. I mean, I, I still to this day don't think I can go to Cottondale without having my cheek pinched, you know, and, and tummy poked and like, well, you're getting to be a big boy. I'm like, I'm 35 years old. Uh, but uh, I tell you, you know, sometimes people's perception of, of looking at you can be wrong. But I'll say this, all truth is God's truth regardless of the source, regardless of where it's coming from. Sometimes because of who's saying it, we discount the truth. But regardless of who it's coming from, if it's coming from a four-year-old little ball of sin named Madison, or if it's coming from someone you knew that was growing up and acted a fool, but now maybe they're not that way anymore, be willing to humble yourself and receive truth as if it's from the Lord, because all truth ultimately belongs to Him, okay? regardless of who it comes from. So we've talked about this idea of following an example. And um, Paul, of course, talked about last week, uh, follow me to the joys of suffering. Paul pointed to himself and said, uh, listen, I want to show you how to suffer for the name of Jesus Christ and the great blessing it is 
uh, to suffer for his name's sake. And if you remember, there's nothing wrong with what Paul's doing here. He told the church in Corinth, Be followers of me, as also I am of Christ. So there's nothing wrong with what Paul's. This isn't said in a prideful way. Uh, Paul's not looking at him and saying, Hey, uh, look at me and how awesome and spiritual I am. Don't you wish you could be like me? Right? Okay. That, that's not what he's saying. He's saying, Listen, I understand that sometimes it's easier to follow in human footsteps than it is to try to uh, read the scriptures and pray and follow the Lord. Uh, sometimes it's easier to see it lived out in an individual person's life and to follow those steps. Uh, I mean, that's still true today. Um, it, it really is helpful to have a, a big brother in the ministry, right? Or, or, or a big sister in the church. Uh, of somebody who maybe is newly saved or, or new to the Christian life and and so they have somebody that they can look up to and they can go, oh, that's how you do this. Amen. Oh, that's how you pray. Oh, that's what it means to give. You know, they help a person learn what it means to walk in faith and walk in the Lord. So that's all Paul's saying here is saying, hey, look, look at me as an example as I'm looking at Christ as an example uh, and follow in my footsteps and we'll wind up in the same place. Now, this, of course, is uh, three examples here at the end of Philippians 2. The first one was Paul about suffering. The second one is Timothy uh, about being a, really a young man who has a lot of good things to teach, even though he's young. And then the third one, of course, is Epaphroditus about what it means to be a servant, what it means to love and serve other people. So let's look at Timothy here. And his encouragement for us, Paul's encouragement to follow his spiritual example, even though he's an unorthodox example to look at, a young man, a young preacher in the ministry. So really quick, just kind of give us some explanation of who Timothy was. Uh, Timothy is like Paul's son. He's not biologically his son, but he's like his son in the ministry, his preacher boy, his prodigy, uh, one that he brought up. Uh, probably two men that Paul invested in the most was Timothy, anyone know the other one? Uh, probably Titus. Uh, those two were just men that he just invested in and poured his life into in, in just a very, very real way. Uh, in First and Second Timothy, uh, both in chapter 1, verse 2, he describes him this way, my own son in the faith, in First Timothy 1, 2. And then in Second Timothy, he says, my dearly beloved son. And then in 1 Corinthians 4, 17, he calls him my beloved son and my faithful in the Lord. And even right here in Philippians 2, he even describes him that way, that as a son with the Father, he hath served with me in the gospel. So Paul obviously had some deep affection for this young man. He loved him in the Lord. He was training him. And so at this point, we kind of know, based on where Paul's at in his ministry, that Timothy's been with Paul for about 10 years. That's some Bible college experience right there. He's been with Paul uh, on and off for about 10 years growing in the Lord. So Timothy was a native of Lystra, uh, part of Galatia, modern-day Turkey. Okay, So that's where he was originally from. He was likely saved and baptized at a young age. The reason we know that is because of his mama and his grandma. They were wonderful ladies that absolutely loved the Lord. And so, um, of course, it talks about that in 2 Timothy 1. 
about his godly grandmother and his godly mother that really invested and poured their lives into him. Now, uh, Timothy was weird in this light. He had a, a Jewish mother and a Greek father. Now, in, in our day and age, to have someone who is uh, multi-ethnical and multi-national um, uh, is not weird, right? We, we see all the time people that are of mixed ethnicities or maybe a, a wife they met military-wise and she's from another culture. And, and come on now, we see all that stuff. It's not abnormal nowadays. But for them, in their culture... For a Jew to be married to a Greek was very abnormal. And so here you have Timothy. He's kind of this Jew-Greek, not accepted in either culture type person. And so he's got a weird dynamic. But for Paul, he saw this as a wonderful opportunity. Because Timothy had equal connections with Jews as well as with Gentiles. Because of his Greek and his Jewish heritage. And so he had a, a, a great opportunity to reach into both communities and share the gospel. And so just to give you an idea of who Timothy is here. So we know that Timothy was a young man. You say, well, how do you know that? Well, if you go to the Pauline writings of 1 and 2 Timothy, at the end of 1 Timothy chapter 4, where Paul's writing his final letters to Timothy and encouraging him before he leaves this earth, he says to Timothy, let no man despise thy youth. And so he's, Paul actually t tells him, you're young. Don't let people uh, discount the truth of the gospel because you're a young man. So obviously there is some, some uh, in the scriptures, some idea about Timothy being a young guy. So what exactly is Paul writing to the Philippians here about? Well, he presents seven characteristics, seven traits that I see here in this passage of Scripture, where he tells the Philippians, hey, I'm, I'm hoping to send you Timothy. And the Philippians, well, isn't Timothy like the young guy? Yeah, yeah, Timothy the young guy. But listen, when Timothy comes, I want you to mark him and pay attention to his example because he's got some awesome traits, some things that you ought to aspire to have in your life. And so Paul here, just like he's pointed to himself, in the last lesson about the joys of suffering, and like he's going to point to Epaphroditus about being a servant, he points to Timothy and says, listen, he may be young, but there's some awesome truth you can learn from his life. So we'll look at these seven characteristics here uh, quickly outlined by Paul in Philippians 2 about the life of Timothy. So the first one is found there in verse number 20. He says, for I have no man like-minded. So the first one is this, like-minded like-minded. Uh, the phrase there, like-minded, literally means this, a similar spirit, a similar spirit to Paul. So this is a young man who, just like he told him in, in 1 Corinthians, he says, uh, mark me and follow me as I'm following Christ. Timothy took that quite literally. So, so much so that Paul is writing to the church here and he says this, uh, you can follow Timothy's example because he's followed my example pretty well. Now, this, is, this might seem like, oh, what's the big deal about that? Uh, have you seen teenagers lately? Hello, teenagers. <clears throat> I, I, okay, do you remember being a teenager? Yes. Some might have to reach way back. That was a little offensive, sorry. 
I feel like I'm getting to the point where I have to reach way back, right? But looking back to the time when I was a teenager, I don't know what it is about teens, but something about being under the yoke of our authority and yet breaking free of that and becoming an adult, right? That's kind of the awkwardness of the teen years, is you're no longer a child who's under really complete authority of your parents and others, and you're about to be uh, have a lot more freedom as an adult, but that, there's those weird teen years where you're learning where that authority should rest, right? And, and learning with it. But most of us didn't handle that very well, did we? Some of y'all were, were teens in the 60s and the 70s. Come on. Teens did not handle that very well during that era and that time frame, okay? Uh, even when I was a teenager in, you know, the late 90s and early 2000s, it was quite uh, on trend to be rebellious. A- actually, that's kind of, I think, transcends time. Uh, teenagers just reach a period where they just become dumb and they rebel. It would be an incredible thing, for me at least, to see a young man or a young lady who does this and says, I know the, the, the cultural trend is to be rebellious and to buck authority and, and say, if this is the way that my authority's going and my leadership's going, I'm going to go the exact opposite direction because I will not bow to the man, right? That, that is a normal teenager. But to see a teenager that would say this, I have marked that man and I know this, he walks with God and I want to have a relationship with God so away with all this cultural trend of being rebellious against authority, I'm going to be like him, being like-minded. Uh, teenagers would be a good thing for you to mark spiritual people in this church and say, uh, I'm going to strive to be like them. I'm going to strive to be Christ-like. It would be a wonderful thing to do. Hey, it would be a wonderful thing for all of us to do, to strive to be Christ-like and mark spiritual people. And what a wonderful testimony that Paul was able to say this. He may be young, but he's not going off in some crazy direction. He's like I am. And I'm like Christ was. And we're going to preach the truth and we're going to be in the right direction. He's like-minded. What a great example to be there. Uh, it's a great opportunity for Paul to point out that wonderful trait uh, here with Timothy. So the second one that he mentions here is this. The care for the church. <clears throat> care for the church. In verse number 20 He says this, who will naturally care for your state. That blesses your soul there to naturally care for your state. The word naturally literally means this, genuinely. It's it's natural for him. It's not fake. It's not contrived. It's not manipulated in any way. It's just real. It's genuine. It's natural. Well, what's natural? His care. The word care there literally means like anxiety, stress, worry. It's in a good way. Oftentimes we think about being care in the Bible, full of care is a bad thing. But here in this text, it's a good thing that Paul is mentioning. He's saying this, he will come and he will have the heart of a pastor. He will look at the people of the church and it won't have to be contrived or fake or disingenuine. He will absolutely care for the people within the church. What a wonderful trait. This is somebody, even though he's a young man, who is going to be less interested in ministry and money and his position and be a lot more interested in the spiritual development and the care of the people in the church. 
somebody wisely told me, Brother David Webb, who is one of my youth pastors growing up, uh, wisely told me one time when I first took the pastorate in Kaufman, he says this, build the people and God will build the church. What great wisdom that is. I've had to revisit that many times because sometimes I lose it in my thick head. Uh, but I'll tell you, what a great illustration, what a great truth that is to build people. And that's, Paul says, listen, Timothy's got this thing down where he loves people genuinely and he will care for the church. It's not going to have to be contrived or fake. He's got genuine concern and care for the ministry. All right, number three. In verse number 21, he talks about him being Christ-focused. Christ-focused. In verse number 21, he says this, For all seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ. Now, he points to an illustration here and says this, There's a lot of people who are a lot more interested in everything else than Jesus. There are a lot of other people who are interested in their wants and their accomplishments more than they are in the pursuit of the person of Jesus Christ. So notice what he says there in verse 21. He says, For all seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ. But he's saying here, he's drawing a contrast. Listen, there's a bunch of people that are seeking other things and not Jesus Christ, but not so with Timothy. The word seek there literally means this, to set your affection on, to pursue with passion. For Timothy... Jesus Christ was not just something he did on the weekends. For, for Timothy, Jesus wasn't just a side dish. For Timothy, it was everything to him. He was in hot pursuit. He was seeking hard after Jesus Christ. And again, what a great example to look up to this individual of Timothy who was in hot pursuit of Christ. It was the beating passion of his life was seeking the Lord and nothing else. He was fully focused on him. Fourth thing is this, he was proved. Proved. Verse number 22, he says, But ye know the proof of him. The word proof there literally means this, tested, tempered. I say it this way, not a novice. You say, well, I thought he was young. Uh, this is a big misnomer in this area. Um, I'm getting to the age where I don't have to worry about it as much now, but especially when I was young in the ministry, there were a lot who would discount what you were saying because of your age. Now, Paul, of course, addresses a lot of that even in this text here. But I'll say this, novice has nothing to do with age. It has everything to do with spiritual position and experience. Because there could be somebody who maybe is 50 years old and is still on the bottle spiritually. Right? The Bible says lay hands on no man suddenly. Right? You be careful about throwing someone in a position of spiritual authority when they're not ready for it. Now, the benefit here with Timothy says this. He may be young, but he's not young in the Lord. He's not a novice. Actually, he's gone through a few tests. He's been proved that he is a genuine follower of Christ. He's not a novice in this thing. What a wonderful testimony, again, to have this example put forth that he is proved he's had some testing. Okay? <clears throat> Number six is this. Sacrificial service. 
Sacrificial service. Verse number 22 says that as a son with the father, he hath served with me in the gospel. Verse number 22 there, Paul describes in this way. He's like my son, and he has been with me through a lot of ministry, a lot of ups and a lot of downs, and he has served for the purpose of the gospel. Now, I don't want to make this sound like there's like a pecking order, but, but, but Paul's kind of saying this. He's, he's served his time. He's paid his dues, right? He, he's ready for this position. He's ready to be in this form of leadership because he's already proven himself in these other stages, Right? He, he's been with me and he's been like the, the lowly, just hangout guy. And then he's had some opportunities to preach. He's had a little bit of opportunity to kind of be the youth pastor guy. And now he's ready to be a pastor. Right? He, he's proven himself. He's paid his dues. He has willingly served with me as a son in the gospel. And he's ready for this. Okay? And then this final one there availability. Verse number 23 there. <clears throat> He says this, Him therefore I hope to send presently, so soon as I shall see how it will go with me. You say this, um, you probably heard this saying before, but sometimes the best ability is availability. That's a corny saying, but it, it's a good saying. Sometimes the best ability is availability. It's saying this, just being available for the work of the Lord. And Timothy was a great illustration of saying this. He's able to be there. There, there might be guys who have more talent, who have more skill, who have uh, more uh, experience, but they're not available. They're not making themselves available. They're not going to be there. And Timothy will. Timothy is a guy who will show up, he will punch his card, and he will be faithful. He's available. I hope to send him to you presently. Now, Timothy is not old. He's not high ranking. He's not some huge hubbub guy that everyone just says, wow, this is the guy. He's so awesome. And yet Paul encourages the Philippians to follow his example. Well, well why? Well, because he knew that this would happen. Timothy was an apt leader who would care for the church. Quit looking at his age and start looking at some wonderful truth that you can learn even from this young man. Sometimes you see the young face and you miss the truth altogether. But all truth is God's truth regardless of who it comes from. I think there's a wonderful lesson for us to, to kind of learn uh, in this. Sometimes we discount what's being taught or preached or lived because of who it's being taught, preached, or lived by. You'd be mindful of that. Because it can be really easy for us to say, oh, well, I know sister so-and-so. And if she's the one, then I don't have to listen to that because I know how she is. Well, it's that guy that's saying it, and, and come on now, he... He doesn't really live for the Lord. Listen, all truth is God's truth regardless of where it's coming from. And sometimes it can come from some of the most unexpected places. And we can miss some wonderful truth from God's Word and from God's people if we are closed off to being willing to open ourselves up to learn. Um, younger generation, you might look at some older people and say, they're so old. I, I'm not, I can't learn anything from them. You'd be amazed what you can learn 
from the older generation. They've lived a little bit and there's some wisdom that's there. Put the shoe on the other foot here a little bit. Some of you old people, there's probably some great truth you could learn even from some of these teenagers that are here on a Wednesday night in a midweek service that actually want to hear the preaching and be connected with the church. There's some truth that can be learned even there. Let's be mindful not to allow age to say, well, I can't learn anything from them. There's no truth that can be gained. Let's be careful of our biases as far as race or as far as socioeconomical status, like I was talking about at the beginning. Some of the things that I've learned spiritually that I wasn't expecting to learn was going out and there's some guy who's living in poverty and boom, he just laid a big one on me. I'm like, wow, I never thought about that before. Go home and study it out. Sure enough, he's right. All right? So there could be some wonderful truth. Listen, the whole point is this. Paul is writing to the church at Philippi and he says, listen, I'm going to send you a wonderful man of God who's got so many awesome traits and will love you and will preach the word to you. So don't discard him as if he's got nothing to say just because he's a young face. There are some lessons to be learned from this young preacher. Don't miss him. Don't miss him. If ever anyone's preaching up here in the pulpit, whether they're old or young, rotundant or uh, slim, don't discount what could be said because it could just very well be that message that God uses to radically influence and direct your life. Always be willing to hear truth regardless of the source that it's coming from. Let's all stand together. We'll come to a time of invitation here this evening.